Hey, my name is John McGee. I'm one of the directors of Marriage Ministry and Reengage around here. This is my bride of 22 years, uh, Pam. You can, you can clap. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> if you knew what she put up with for that long, you'd probably stand on your chair and yell uh, more than just a golf clap. Um, but tonight we're gonna tonight we're gonna talk about sex, and um, and so we'll just kind of jump in. We, we thought it was funny. Pam actually, she called me about three. She goes, "I've got the worst headache," and I was like, "Well, that's really really appropriate uh, tonight." So she's she's not she's not feeling great. But it's but okay though. I'll just fake it. I'll be fine. Nice. <laughs> That's not on here anywhere. That's not right here. on That's the not script. On. We've got notes. Stick, oh, stick to these. Stick okay. To the script. Got it. Okay. Uh, sex. Yes. <laughs> Great. Hey. So, on on a serious note, um, you know, I, it's yeah. it's easy for us to uh, talk about this. It's something that that God created, right? It's not something. Uh, an old professor um, that, I, that I had, you know, he's a great line. He said, we should never be ashamed to talk about that which God was not ashamed to create. And so this is all God's domain, totally appropriate uh, to talk about in church, uh, in this setting. Uh, the only thing that's hard about this is I know there's a lot of pain around this topic for some, some of you in here. And I just, I just know that. And um, it doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about it, but I just want to acknowledge for some of you, uh, this is going to be a different topic than others because of things that either you've done, uh, things that have happened uh, to you or just some pain kind of in your relationship. I just want you to know, uh, I know that. And, um, and yet I still think being in this as long as I have, there's a lot of hope. I've seen some really, really painful, hard situations uh, that God's redeemed. And, uh, and people have enjoyed their sex life uh, increasingly uh, after moving through some really, really tough uh, stuff. So uh, I just want to let you know, I, I know that and uh, prayed for you specifically uh, today, um, but we're going we're gonna to jump in and talk. And I want you to know, like, the goal in all this um, is just for you to leave here and have your own unique conversation. Okay, as a couple, you have your own unique conversations to have tonight, which is completely different than any other couple uh, in here. And so wherever you are, whatever it would look like to take the next step uh, will be yours to talk about, yours to uh, kind of you know, pray, think through, uh, maybe there might be some repentance that needs to happen, some confession, some, hey, can I just be honest with you? Or let me just, we've never really talked about this. Let's have this conversation. Okay. That's, that's what it is. It's not, uh, to kind of, you know, tee anybody up here to make sure that, Hey, tonight we're going to get lucky. Okay. And so, uh, for some of you, like the worst thing you could do is on the way home say, Hey, so tonight, man, let's make this happen. You know, uh, that would literally could be like the, the most disastrous outcome, uh, for you, for some of you, it would be a very loving response to say, you know what, I can initiate uh, tonight, okay? Uh, but don't anybody take this, uh, this message and club their spouse on the way home and say, you know, McGee said we've got to get it on uh, tonight, okay? Did not say that. Did not say that, okay? Um, so I did say have your own unique conversation. And if you can't, that'd be totally, totally great to let your leader know, hey, we're not even at a place where we can have this conversation. Awesome. Okay, uh, you're in a safe place, and uh, we'd love to walk through you, walk with you through this, no matter kind of where you are. So, yeah. good. Any other thoughts? No. Yeah, we just and do know that just an hour ago, just John and I just sat and prayed for you guys, just um, for those two things specifically, that you would leave with just a little bit of hope, um, and that looks different for every couple in here, um, and that you would just know, hey, this is a place again, not to be cliche, it's a safe place, but it really is. Your leaders and the leaders here at Reengage have heard every 
thing under the sun, yeah. under this topic. So nothing's going to freak them out or scare them. Um, they want to offer hope for anything you've been through that you're going through right now. Um, and there is, there is hope on the other side of that, wherever you are. And so we just want to make sure you hear that and then that you have your own unique conversation. Um, but we do want to jump in and just give you seven um, kind of practical, um, start with the real basic theology, just to remind us, those of you who've never heard this, those of you that has heard this tons of times, just to remind um, us where this whole idea of sex comes from. And so if you take some notes, I think it'd be great. Just jot down these seven things. The first one is couples who have a great sex life just know um, the biblical theology of sex. So they have a biblical understanding of sex. The very first thing right off the bat is that our bodies are good. Sometimes I think it's hard for me, it's hard for you guys to maybe believe that, that our bodies are good. So we know in Genesis that God created everything and said it was good. Then he created male and female and said it was very good. So the unique way that God designed everybody in here was a very good thing. Yeah, that's good. So again, the, the, the topic is kind of seven characteristics of couples who have great sex. And the first one is um, just this idea that we have a biblical understanding uh, of sex. So our bodies are good, right? The things that, that God gave us to have sex with. And uh, it was that way in the beginning, Right, it was that way in the beginning, and there was no—they were naked and not ashamed, you know. And so, I mean, uh, God gave Adam an amazing gift, right? He gave Adam the gift of a woman who owned no clothes, right? That's that's an amazing <laughs> gift to give a guy, and um, and there was—it was totally great. Hey, our bodies are from God; we're good. Okay, so the second part of that um, is just that sex, in and of itself, is good. Genesis one twenty-eight. You guys know it, and God said, "Go, be fruitful and multiply." And He's basically saying, "Hey, you guys, like." Have sex. This is his idea. Okay, um, he's. This is not. It wasn't like they somehow like stumbled upon it. You know, and they figured out something that they weren't supposed to figure it out. You know, God didn't look down and say, like, Adam. You know, like get off of her. You know, he, they, this was this was his idea. Okay, and um, and so we when we come at sex, a lot of times we're we're not so sure this is holy, good, right, but it is, and it was God's idea and gift to us. So go ahead. Yeah. And so, yeah, our bodies are good. Sex is good. And then just the next step that sex is a gift from God for us to enjoy. So in the um, area of marriage that God gave us this gift for us to enjoy. And so we all know what it's like to give a gift to someone, to our kids or our spouse, and just watch them enjoy that and what joy it brings us. And so because God designed this for us, for our good, um, it glorifies him when we actually enjoy this and we see it as a good gift. You know, Song of Solomon talks all about this. It says... um, it says, drink deeply, O lovers, drink your fill. And God's saying, enjoy this. I made this for you to enjoy, not just to have kids. I made this for you to enjoy and bring you closer together, so enjoy this. So our bodies are good, sex is good, and it's also a gift that God gave us. It's hard for us to see that sometimes, but that's the theology. That's how it started um, before sin and all the stuff in this world has messed it up. Yep, and so maybe, maybe part of the headline, too, is that this is, like, this is God's. Mm-hmm. Right? God created it, and so... By implication, he gets to set the rules. Hmm. God gave us sex, and he set the rules. And so oftentimes, we're taking our cues, we're looking for rules that don't come from God, God's word, or his spirit. And if we'll just remember that, hey, this is God's domain. Let's do this according to God's rules. Like, it will work out really, really well uh, for us. And we get kind of off track right out of the chute uh, when, we forget, when we forget that. And I just want to make sure mm-hmm. right out of the chute, man, this is, this is God's idea. It's a gift to us to be enjoyed. It's something that God gave us to be closer to our spouse, okay? So if that's not something right now, that's not your experience, that's something that you can move towards. Uh, and it's good, right, and holy uh, when we do um, 
we do use this gift of sex to move towards oneness uh, with our spouse. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so the second thing, couples who have a great sex life just realize that everything's connected. So sex does not happen only 20 minutes in the bedroom with the lights off. It happens all day. And just the way you interact, the way your marriage, um, just the state of your marriage affects your sex life. And so, um, ladies, contrary to popular belief, a guy doesn't just want to have sex with a woman. He wants to have sex with a woman who admires him, who respects him, who serves him. And then, um, guys, a woman who is cherished and loved, helped um, with the kids or just with work, just whatever, that is a lot easier to have sex and to enjoy sex with a man that does that. And so this whole state of your marriage affects your sex life. It's not just the bedroom. Yeah, that's right. So one of the best illustrations uh, I have, one of the ways I know this is true is a conversation uh, Pam and I had years ago. So I'm, I'm running up to the church for some meeting uh, late at night. I forgot, and I'm late. I'm, I'm zipping out, and, and Pam goes, hey, I've got some ideas about our sex life. So I'm, like, getting in my car, and she says that. And, of course, I, you know, stop my tracks, and I'm like, well, come on, you know. <laughs> She's like, oh, no, it can wait, you know. And I said, babe, listen, no dude is going to get in his car, you know, after his wife says, I've got some ideas about our sex life. So, like, I'm, I'll be here until I'm, I'm ready to hear you out. And, um, and she says, well, it's in, um, she said, it's about the towels. And I'm like, well, that a girl. Like, I don't know where what you're thinking, but like, probably, I'm probably game, you know? And she's like, no, it's not that. She said, here's the deal. She said, when you, you know, generally before we have sex, if you haven't yet, you, you shower. She goes, which, which I appreciate. But um, when we're done, you know, you'll leave like your towels uh, on the floor. And, um, and that's hard for me. And I'm like, well, I'm just trying to figure out the part that's like about sex and like her ideas about sex. And I said, so, and I'm just, I'm trying to be a loving and wise husband. And, you know, and I said, so, can I, I started just going through this. Like, can you, can you see the towels? Like when we have sex, like, can you see that? No, because they're like around the corner. Okay, so you can't see the towels. But the towels on the floor in the, in the bathroom, you can't see impacts uh, our ability to have sex. And she's like, yeah. I mean, you know, and I'm just looking like, I can't, I just, but you can't see him. I just kept thinking, but you can't see him. And she said, well, here's the deal. Like, uh, it feels like when you do that, like you're just creating work for me. So like five seconds before, right, you just throw your, your towels, clothes on the floor and you want me to pick it up. And then you come around here and you're like, you know, rubbing my back and being real sweet. And I'm like, that guy just created work uh, for me and I don't want to be intimate with him, you know? And so it's just been a super helpful metaphor for us. Hey, what, what are the towels? What is it a, that has nothing to do with sex that has everything to do with sex? And my hunch is in your relationship, you've got some towels uh, in your marriage, right? And it's the way that you speak to each other and it's the way that you help with the kids or help around the house or uh, any of the pay attention to her, right? It has nothing to do with sex, but absolutely has an impact uh, on your sex life. And you just need to remember that everything's connected. Gals, you know that's true. And also, gals, you need to know that for your husband uh, as well. As he's a, if you're uh, harsh, disrespectful, demeaning uh, to him, it's hard for him to be responsive, you know. And then, guys, don't, don't pull that, like, super husband, you know, five minutes a day right before you want to have sex, right? It's all about sports center and whatever else until, like, oh, man, I want to have sex. Hey, babe, can I do anything for you? Right? That, like, she catch, she's not stupid. She catches on, okay? Um, so make sure you're addressing the towels because everything in your relationship is connected. And sometimes we think we have a sex issue and what we have is a relationship uh, issue. Yeah. Yep, good. Um, yeah. So the third thing is couples that have a great sex life selflessly handle 
the differences in desire um, and just differences in general. So obviously we all know male and female were just different um, anatomically, emotionally, all those ways were different. And so just understanding that and then just selflessly handling that. And so difference in desire. So we often talk about and um, we stereotype that the guy's the one that always wants to have sex. The woman's the one with the headache that wants to wait. Um, and that's not always true. So st- statistics would say that women, um, close to 30% of women have a higher sex drive than their husband. And so if you're setting out there and you're a woman and you say, wait, it's usually my idea, not his. Um, you're not alone. It's actually pretty common. And so really the point of this is someone's going to have more sex than they would probably ideally choose. Someone's going to have less. And it just becomes a conversation. It becomes about looking at your desires and thinking to others' interests is more important than your own, like it talks about in Philippians. And so just learning how to selflessly handle those. I think a big thing for me was learning how to communicate. Um, And so women or guys learning how to selflessly communicate those. So John doesn't know, again, we're different. He doesn't know what I desire. He can't read my mind. And so being able to communicate that to him because I know he wants to know and I know I want to hear from him. So just selflessly handling the differences. We do that in other parts of marriage. And so it's big here. I think we often um, can easily negatively interpret. We think we can read each other's minds and we can't. And so just learning how to communicate and look to others' interests in this area is big. That's good. Yeah. And I I make sure like you're not trying to benchmark against what you think you know about other people, (laughs) right? It's just been my, my experience that most people like way inflate the number of times that they have sex, right? <laughs> and you know, like there's a the guy in your office, he's talking about like, man, I can't go home tonight because she's just going to like tear off my clothes, you know, and jump. There's that guy in the office and he really hasn't had sex in a very long time, <laughs> right? And there's the guy over there who programs and he doesn't say anything, you know, and he gets lucky a lot, you know? And so <laughs> I, I don't know how to articulate it any other way. There's an inverse correlation between how much you brag and talk about it. But we think everyone else is having sex all the time, and somehow we're, we are less than. And there's some great research that talks about couples who have uh, really, both of them would report having super high levels of uh, sexual satisfaction. Man, the number of times they have sex is wildly different uh, per month uh, between the different couples. And so you can have sex you know, very few times, and you can have a lot of sex, and both, of you, and both of you can be satisfied with your sex life. Okay, So don't compare and kind of have sex as many times as kind of is right for you, given your season of life. And, uh, and look to serve each other, okay? And then, do you have something else? Well, I just think that's so the desires are going to change through the years, depending on life stage, depending on busyness, stress level, kids, all those things. And so just, um, we'll talk about this in a minute, just communicating those and realizing that those things change um, is also big. I think it was big for us. Yep. Yeah. So we're, we're probably going to run over. I'll try to keep it quick. But uh, just a uh, kind of a, hey, we're adults. Let's have this conversation real quick. Something we run up against a lot, uh, guys, is the wife will come to us and say, hey, you know, one of us is having fun in our sex life, and it ain't me, okay? Um, And we'll talk, we'll just hear story after story after story. Like, you know, he comes in, uh, again, rubs my back for five minutes, and then we have sex, and then he's gone, and I'm just kind of like, well, man, that was fun. That was fun for one of us, okay? So just in case you forgot, just as a public service uh, announcement, uh, most women will take a whole lot longer uh, to get to the place of orgasm than a guy, okay? It just will. How much longer? I don't know. It's your own unique uh, marriage, but it will take longer, okay? So contrary to a uh, porn or movies show, you know, guys, you simply like taking your shirt off and like hopping on top of her, she probably won't have an orgasm, okay? Uh, it will probably, it will probably, this is like sex ed, right? But um, uh, it'll probably take manual, manual stimulation, okay? So talk to your wife about that. Hey, baby, how could I get 
how can I pleasure you first before, uh, before I make sure um, that I will? Because guys generally, generally don't take too long. Jerry Seinfeld said, uh, you know, guys, <laughs> theologian Jerry Seinfeld, um, <laughs> what's the line? He said, uh, um, women need a reason to have sex. Guys just need a place, you know. Like for some guys, it's not that more, much more complicated than that. Um, but uh, make sure that your wife, make sure that both people, are having fun uh, in, in uh, your sex life, okay? Yeah. Let's skip uh, this one and go to this one here. Yeah, so, so um, couples that have great sex have fun playing inside the boundaries. So now we this can is, cue see the slides. Cue the slide now. Uh, there we this go. is that. We brought um, charts. Not yeah, and so charts. just knowing there that there are questions about what is permissible, what's okay um, with, for a husband and wife in the area of sex. And so we just want to kind of give you guys a grid so you can just think through um, what might be okay for you and what may not be. Um, and so there's just a couple of very clear prohibitions in Scripture. Um, so Matthew 5 just talks about um, a man and woman um, are, um, what's, what's the verse? I just lost the verse. Man's oh, not to look lustfully yeah, I'm sorry. Thank you. Yes, that a man is not to look lustfully at a woman, that, that even looking or thinking lustfully um, about another woman other than his wife is adultery. So it's very clear through that and other scriptures that um, sex cannot involve anyone else in deed, in person, or in thought. And so if it involves anyone other than a husband and the wife, whether in person, in video, um, that is out of bounds. Yeah, so pornography, out of bounds, biblically. Uh, thinking about somebody else, bringing someone else into the bedroom, uh, trying to act out something you did with somebody else and forcing that on your spouse, all that uh, would be kind of out of bounds biblically. Okay, another one um, would just be that it can't be hurtful, uh, either physically or emotionally. Uh, Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says, I mean, everything we do, all of it, uh, can't, be, can't come from any place of selfishness. We're supposed to put other people before ourselves, and that's how we, we attack all of life and especially in sex. Like we're here to serve. We're here to put other people's needs. We're supposed to consider their needs actually is even more important than ourselves. Right? So there's, there's someone who's most important in our sex life, and it's not me. Okay? That's how, that's how we come uh, at that. So anything that would be uh, harmful to somebody emotionally or physically would be kind of out of bounds there. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And then the last thing that's very clear, Romans 14 talks about it's wrong to do anything that violates your conscience. The Holy Spirit is saying it's not okay for you to do this. So for you to push through um, is wrong. And then it might be free for you to do it, but to push someone else to do something that violates their conscience is wrong. Um, and so those things, whether myself or to just push something or vice versa um, on John that he's not okay with, with would be partaking in sin. So those just really clear um, three things would be, let's, let's run through this grid first, and then... Yep, you can go to the next, we'll go to the next one. Next slide here. <laughs> so, so then how does this play out kind of practically? Right. Even with that Romans 14, there's just some things that we would go like, ah, I don't really want to do that. I'm not comfortable with that. That violates my conscience, right? Uh, not yet. How about that? Mm-hmm. Any, anything like that. And so we've kind of got our box that sits within the big mm-hmm. box, and they've got their box, and where the box kind of crosses, then that's, that's where we are free to, to run and play, right? And, and have fun and, and be one there, and not to get bitter and angry about all the other places in the box that we, that we can't go. And we should go, man, that's great. We get to be together. We get to be uh, one here. And, um, and I just see this all, navigating all this stuff uh, cause a lot of friction uh, for couples. And you can just kind of settle in to that. And I'll, you know, my hunch is that uh, boxes will uh, expand or contract uh, over time. And, uh, and you'll go, yeah, we probably shouldn't be doing that. Or, you know what, that'd, that'd be okay. And I'd be open to that. I trust you. I love you. Um, 
so be it, okay? Uh, but that, that's helpful. There's another slide, and I want to just, uh, this is generally uh, my experience is the guy will kind of do anything, uh, and the wife's like, this is what I can do. So not always. And sometimes, increasingly, increasingly uh, we're seeing that uh, be, be the other way. So we didn't talk a lot about gender stuff, but gals, if you've got a higher sex drive or if you, you know, uh, uh, thinking about this more than your man, you're not weird, you're not broken, it's just the way God wired you up, okay? And, um, and so, j- just know that. But, um, so if you go back to that other slide, just real quick, just some, some things, just to run through, like some, this is kind of the questions generally that we'll get. Uh, you know, one, what about uh, kind of anal sex? What, how does that uh, fit in? Uh, <laughs> poor, uh, I'll keep going. Uh, so how, where, what does the Bible say about that? That is, um, there's nothing specifically uh, that was no verse that says, hey, this is, you know, this is sin uh, to have anal sex. But it's always associated with the homosexual act. And it just kind of biologically, that's clearly not the way things were uh, supposed to um, kind of, you know, fit or go together. Okay. And so that's, uh, I want to be careful. We'll give you some things I think are out of bounds or things that are in bounds. Uh, that's one I can't tell you 100% that isn't. I would just say that I'm about as close to the line as I possibly can. And I think it would be upon, uh, your kind of uh, role to convince, you know, uh, someone biblically that that's a, that's a good idea. Okay, so that would come with a strong, strong warning. And then always, if that violates someone's conscience, right. it's crystal clear uh, at that point. Okay, yeah. so um, how about, that's oral sex. I did, or I did anal. Why don't you do, why don't you talk about, why don't, why don't you talk about oral sex? I will about talk that? about oral sex. There you go. Okay, oral sex. Um, is that okay? So uh, if when you're looking at scripture, Song of Solomon um, talks about um, blowing in my garden and um, sitting under my shade. And I'm, we're pretty sure historians would say that that's not an agriculture book. Um, so we think that, or we know that that's talking about a husband and wife and just intimacy with them. So it is okay in scripture. It just needs to go back to, are both the husband and the wife okay with it? And um, it, that's one of those things, um, just for us, like maybe wasn't okay, and then it's just, there's more freedom, um, just maybe that's okay. And so just that conversation just continually um, kind of growing, and the box is growing and changing, but it just has to be okay with both the husband and the wife. Yep. Sex toys, right? Don't have a verse for that one? Okay. I would just take you back to the grid. So can't violate your conscience. Mm-hmm. Can't be hurtful, painful uh, to anyone else. Um, you know, can't and, others. and it can't involve uh, others. Okay. So, and we know people that that's like, I know we know a couple that like actually travel <laughs> with a, a bag of stuff. And I'm just like, what, what do you do at checkout? You know, or the, uh, the, the security, security. Yeah. and they're like, you know, they open up your stuff and pull it all out. You know, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. But so we ask all those questions. They're like, Hey, that's totally good for us. We don't have any bag that we're like terrified our kids are going to find. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I've seen kind of both, both sides of that role play is one that we get a lot of my, my wife won't do this. My husband won't do this. Is that okay? Or should we be okay? Okay. Again, I just take you back to that. Mm-hmm. So if, if it doesn't involve anybody else, you know, it's not hurtful. It's not to get you conscious, man, have at it. Right. I wouldn't make that the thing. Right. Like don't focus on that? That's okay. You're married. Right? So Pam said, hey, you know, I've got this crazy role play idea. I want you to like to be a plumber and like, you know, go under there and I'll come in and I'll jump on top of you, you know? And, uh, so is that wrong? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm not, we haven't done it. I can't imagine that, uh, you know, that we ever would, but, um, you know, 
where it would definitely be out of bounds is if, you know, Pam said, hey, you know, I used to have a boyfriend that was a plumber, right? Or I saw, I saw uh, porn with, you know, that. Or if I'm just going, babe, I don't want to, I, the whole tool belt, I'm not doing that, you know? And uh, it would be wrong for her to push uh, me to do, do something like that, okay? So that's how you handle that. And again, always, right? You're, you're not the most important uh, person. Your spouse is. And so you do everything out of love and deference and out of service uh, to them, okay? So that's how you handle that. You just be Christian, just be Christian uh, in, in all this, okay? So, Yeah, great. so a couple other things just to wrap up. So um, couples that have a great sex life do not suffer in silence um, or isolation. And so this can be a topic that's awkward to talk about, just the two of you, and for sure could be awkward to talk about with other people. But again, we just implore you, like, just to ask for help. If you're stuck in this area, it's really common. Most I mean, I would venture to say almost all couples have gone through a season where they're struggling, whether it's big time or a little bit. We have. Um, and just asking for help, you know, and just say, um, you know, other people that are pursuing the Lord and their relationship and want to have this area really healthy, just ask your leaders. Um, no, again, nobody in here will be shocked or embarrassed or can't handle what you would say, and they want you to get hope um, in this area because we've seen it. We've seen the very worst stories you could think of um, that now have a healthy, good sex life, and they enjoy it. Um, so please Please don't um, just walk away and say, this is too hard. This is too awkward. Yeah. So shelter for gals, mend for men who have been um, victims of sexual abuse. And that would be one of the best gifts you could give yourself and your spouse would be to go get healing uh, for that. Uh, when you're done or even while you're in uh, re-engage. Mm-hmm. And it does sexual abuse uh, mm-hmm. in a way I don't fully understand, but I'm just experiencing through others. It really does have an impact uh, on you. And I just thought, you know, it was like, man, I'm in kindergarten and I broke my arm and I remember how it hurt, but it doesn't affect me now, you know, unless I think about it. It's not, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not like that. That's the way I, I thought about sexual abuse uh, previously. It, it, can scramble some things. Mm-hmm. And uh, the good news is that we've seen lots and lots and lots of people move through that. They've experienced God's grace. They've been able to forgive. They've been able to trust. They've been able to be intimate uh, with each other. And so I do believe all that's possible. Um, but rarely does it happen where you're just kind of zapped and you're like you're sitting there and God just supernaturally heals you without any kind of process of talking with others, being in community and, and opening up his word. And so I just couldn't, I couldn't commend that to you uh, highly enough. Okay. Um, and, and then just, yeah, the other resource would be just, um, if you've just been involved in an abortion, yes, um, someone cares is for women and forgotten fathers. And so that like sexual abuse happened two or three decades ago, that still has an impact on your intimacy. Um, and so just both of those resources, shelter and um, someone cares specifically for women, um, would be a great place for you to go. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Back, um, I didn't say this earlier. I just I wanted to make sure to say this tonight. Mm-hmm. So some of us, what, what will happen in sex is we will, uh, we will think about things that we have seen, done, or heard. And we'll put that on our spouse and say, you need to do this. I want to do this with you. Uh, we'll be, you'll be selfish uh, around that. And, and it, one, of, one of the things that's really helpful that might kind of pull the thorn out of your flesh, we'll get like real hung up there, is just to remember where that idea even came from. Because right? generally that came from a pretty wicked place. We saw it generally in pornography, and we're like, man, the, I want to do that, right? I want him to do that. I want her to do that. And they just are, are really, they become really, really bitter about it. And you have to remember, like, that, that came from a place and, and an act that Christ had to die for, right? And, um, and so when I remember that, then, boy, I'm just so apt to say, that's, that's a, it's totally fine if that never happens. Because uh, it wasn't, and not to be funny, but I mean, it was like, 
I wasn't reading my Bible in the morning, you know, the book of Romans and go, man, I've got an idea uh, about our sex life. That's generally not how it happens uh, for most of us, okay? It came from a wicked place, so I wouldn't put that on my, on my spouse, my husband or my wife, God's son or God's daughter. That would, be, that would be bad to do, okay? So then lastly, um, just uh, I think couples that have uh, a great sex life just have their own unique conversation. And so they are having this conversation. They're, they're talking about this, which means confession, which means I looked at this this week and I shouldn't have looked at this, right? Or you, I never told you about this thing. Um, so you kind of married someone you thought, not someone who really is, and I need to uh, confess. Or I think I've been selfish. I need to repent. What could I do to make this more enjoyable uh, for you, right? Is there anything you want to tell me about me? We're a lot about self-responsibility and re-engage. Is there something you want me to know about our sex life? Because I'd love for you to enjoy this. I'd love for this to be something we both look forward to. What would that look like for us to take our own unique next step, okay? You have to talk about it, okay? but it is, it is a, a, and it's something that is, that is important uh, to, uh, to a marriage. And sometimes we minimize it and we say it's just sex. And we would never do that about some other areas uh, in our marriage. Like we, we would never, we'd never say, well, it's just communication, right? It's just communication, right? Gals, can you imagine that if your husband said, hey, it's just communication. Like I love her and I bring home the check, but ah, I just don't talk to her. You know, I don't, I don't do that, right? Uh, and you know how hurtful that would be generally to one spouse. It's, it's, it kind of feels the same way when someone is, uh, is shutting them out, okay? And it feels, it feels the very same way. I love you, but I won't have sex with you is really hard. Now again, you might not, it might not be a good idea at all for you to have sex, but it is something you need to be working towards, if not, okay? And then if you're in a good place, man, enjoy it, right? Be sex positive. We'll end on that note. Like, it's good and right and holy for you to enjoy it. And some of you have heard the story. When Pam and I did our premarital counseling, it's so funny. Uh, this couple that was in their 50s, they looked like they were in their, like, 70s plus. And uh, we're meeting with them, and they're going to give us the sex talk. We're 22 years old, right? 22 years old. And so imagine, like, 75, 22, you know, a uh, couple. And he's like, man, we're going to talk about sex. And he's, he's using graphic language. So He's so great. Super godly man. But he's talking, he's, you know... He's, well, I won't, I won't say some of the stuff. Uh, very graphic. And, um, and then he turns to me and he goes, hey, you know what? Sex with, we'll call her Sarah. Sex with Sarah now is better than it's ever been, right? So imagine, you youngins, imagine your 75-year-old grandpa, like, looking you in the eye and bragging about his sex life, right? You know, and I was like, oh, uh, man, I, you know, I think, I think I had, like, a physical, like, ah, uh, <laughs> kind of reaction to it. And, uh, and so I thought two things, one, you know, that's gross. Uh, you know, you know, and, and two, uh, that's not true. Like, you know, that's not true, dude. You know, uh, you're in your fifties and, uh, you there's no way you're having, you know, sex. Like we're going to have sex. I mean, look at me, look at you, look at her, look at her, you know, like we're, we've got this, we're going to set records. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and so as I've, funny, it was really funny. I remember, I remember one day doing some research about couples who report having the highest levels of uh, sexual satisfaction. And uh, they have, sometimes they have it less, but it'll be in their 50s, right? And I just thought like this full circle moment, like, oh my gosh, like he was telling the truth, you know? <laughs> and uh, and so it's 50, that's like you know, that 55 range. So some of you like are really, really young and that's your parents, you know? Uh, they're home alone right now. Um, so, <laughs> but that's the goal. That's, that's, and which was, I mean, he was kind of bragging. He had a little bit of swagger to him. But man, he was enjoying the gift that God had given him. 
to enjoy with a woman that he had loved and served and done life with it. Everything about that was right. I was the one who was wrong and immature. Everything about that was right, good, and holy. And those, that's the direction that we need to move to. And, uh, and if you're stuck, can't kind of have that conversation, yeah. make sure that you uh, let us uh, walk with you through that. Okay, your small group leader, even an open group tonight, you guys can talk about uh, that. So, good? No, let me pray us out. That'd be great. Yeah. great. And Susan, you'll come. All right, yeah. Lord, thank you. Um, just for... Um, yeah, just for this plan, that it was your plan, and sometimes because of what um, the world has done and what we've done and what's happened to us, we just can't believe that this is a good plan. But God, just um, help us all just remember that you created us, you created sex, and it's for our good. And Father, just thank you for um, your word and your spirit that helps us and your people um, that just help us um, put this in its proper place. And so I am really thankful that you know um, John and I intimately, you know every couple in here, you know exactly where they are in this area. And I just pray that every would leave um, just with a little bit of hope um, and just encouraged and then also willing to do um, what it takes just to make a step toward oneness specifically in this area. Um, and so just thank you for a place where we can do that. Um, thank you for reengage and just the way you've um, used it um, just to give hope to so many people. And um, just thank you for every couple that's in here. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.